You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 55 of Take About Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and today we have a very different type of interview going on today. And it's not really like an interview. It's a bunch of our favorite um, interviews with some of the most iconic LGBTQ uh, guests that we've had. So you will all be hearing from our Pride family here at Take About, and uh, all to celebrate Pride and to kick off our uh, episodes uh, and events that we're going to be doing with surrounding Pride Month. So I'm very excited for this episode. I'm very excited to see how this is going to go down because it's going to be very interesting and very fun all at the same time. I want to start off by saying Happy June, Happy Pride. Uh, happy Pride Month. It's going to be a very exciting. I have a lot of really, really cool uh, episodes and guests coming up, and I cannot wait to share that all with you. And speaking of can't wait, oh my god, everyone, literally, Broadway is coming back in 16 days. That is right. 16 days. I don't understand this. I mean, like, I'm all for it, but like, it seems like every week, a show is trying to like outdo the other and they're all just trying to open first. So that's right. 16 days. Uh, Bruce Springsteen is going to be uh, coming back for a limited engagement starting on June 26th. I'm like mind blown. First of all, I'm so excited. I, I don't know if I'm, I, I didn't get to see it when he was on Broadway before, um, but now that he's coming back and it's literally going to be the only show open, I am so intrigued in going to see that. Um, I, I cannot wait. I don't know if I'm going to be able to wait any longer, but so I guess I'm going to have to live the rest of my life saying that Bruce Springsteen was the first Broadway show that I saw uh, after a pandemic, after it was shut down for quite some time. What a world we're living in, everyone. Um, that's right. There's lots of things happening. There was some more very exciting news, one very dear to my heart. Um, this one is made me so happy when I saw this a couple days ago. It was announced that Trevor the Musical will be returning off Broadway on October 25th, and tickets are officially on sale for it. Um, I don't know what's going on as far as like a cast and everything. If they're uh, bringing the cast back, are they going to have to re-audition? What are they going to do? Um, it's going to be very interesting to see, but I'm very excited just for the story to get told. I'm very excited for the friend for my friends who were in the cast to hopefully be returning to the show. Um, and just all of these things, I'm, I literally cannot wait for this to be in a theater again and to be in a theater that is very, very close to me, which is great because it's going to be in New York. It's going to be at New World Stages. Um, it's going to be amazing. October 25th, everyone literally 
just go please just go it's so good uh i can't wait to see it um i will be in the audience for one of their first shows i guarantee that um and i and i i'm just so excited i'm so freaking excited and uh there was some speculation that it who what who knew what was going to happen with it so to for it to finally be announced that it's coming back it was it was a very it was a very good day for me <laughs> the other day i was very excited um Let's talk about some of these movies that are happening surrounding Broadway. I don't know how to feel about it, okay? Annie Live is happening this year on NBC, um, and they already found their Miss Hannigans, and that's going to be Taraji P. Henson, which is very exciting. I cannot wait to see that. And then, like, I, I'm excited for Annie Live, of course, because those are live events that happen every year. That was pretty much inevitable that the, the, something live is going to happen this year with everything going back to normal we needed we wanted some live tv they did it with the grinch when the pandemic was kind of at its peak but like starting to slow down um so yeah it was good to see that they're going to be doing a live performance again but now they've also announced that they're going to be doing filmed events of both matilda and jersey boys so I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, the reason that these stories are becoming uh, relevant again, such as a movie, uh, uh, such a world-renowned book and movie in Matilda, is because of the, of the musical that they did on Broadway. And so now they're going to be doing a musical movie? I, I don't understand that. I just wish that, like... They would have filmed the Broadway version and that's what would be released because that's kind of what got everyone talking about Matilda again. I don't know how I feel about it. And then same with the Jersey Boys. I mean, I am very excited because they did announce that Nick Jonas will be returning to his Broadway roots and uh, starring as Frankie Valli in it, which, you know, I, I'm not I'm not shy to say that I am totally uh, a Jonas brother fan, a Joe bro for life, you know. Um, <laughs> but um, no, Nick Jonas, I, I like him. I I I love uh, that he's going to be in this Jersey Boys event. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they're going to be doing it based off of the musical. So why wouldn't you just post the musical? Like, why wouldn't you just have the musical? I don't know. I I am indifferent about it all. I'm just excited that we're going to be um, getting more entertainment, more uh you know, Broadway's going to be in these bigger markets, it, like, not Broadway itself, obviously, because they're not, like, taking that, but you know what I mean, like, the, the musical aspect of it all is going to be brought to a higher scale, and uh, going to be reachable for more audiences that hopefully get more excited about Broadway, who, as they may not be, um, so stuff is happening, everyone, there is, a lot of announcements that came out this week. I've already named five of them. Yes, that's right, five. And so I only have one more thing to announce. So there was a very emotional, for me at least, I don't know, for others it was quite entertaining and everything like that, but I was just like, I, I was just brought many emotions while watching this on Tuesday, on Tuesday night, I don't know if any of you were able to watch The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, but Lin-Manuel Miranda was on it, and uh, Anthony Ramos is going to be on it very soon. Uh, all to talk about In the Heights, which is literally premiering tomorrow. Can't wait for that. HBO Max or in theaters. 
go check it out because it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. You can watch the first eight minutes already. Uh, literally, just like search it up uh, in, on the web and on the interweb and uh, you'll find it. Um, but anyways, they're promoting that and they went on Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Fallon's, it was one of Jimmy Fallon's like first shows with a full live audience again. And so with Lin-Manuel Miranda there, they decided to salute the return of Broadway. And um, it was it was literally incredible. They included like shows, like literally every show, like Six, Phantom of the Opera, Chicago, Dear Evan Hansen, Lion King, Hades Town, Company, Come From Away, Book of Mormon, Moulin Rouge, Chorus Line, like Aladdin, Wicked, Hamilton. So like they did all of these incredible like things and a lot of the shows that are on Broadway now and some of the historic ones that have kind of made Broadway um, and all of these things and it and everyone who was on the stage performing those numbers were all Broadway actors so like a few of my friends were in there and um, it was just so amazing just to see their emotion like at the end almost everybody on that stage was crying um, it was just wonderful to see people perform again in front of a live audience um, it was incredible to hear some of the stories again hear some of the songs um, the tributes and everything like it was all just brilliantly done uh Lin Mo Miranda and Jimmy Fallon you guys are literally icons <laughs> you guys are literally um musical geniuses and I would love to see Jimmy Fallon on a Broadway stage honestly I was thinking because okay so at the end, I don't know if I'm going to give it away, but like it, it, it's good. Maybe it'll get you guys even more excited to watch. Um, at the end, they do like a little remix, I guess, of You'll Be Back. And honestly, I was kind of like, I would love to see Jimmy Fallon play the king. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I was really excited about it. Um, You'll Be Back was kind of really fun to hear from him. And uh, I know he'll never do it because he has The Tonight Show and everything like that. So it's like too much going on. But like, how cool would that be? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I Jimmy Fallon is amazing and really talented in a lot of ways. Um, and I would love to see him on a Broadway stage. But um, that's besides the point. Anyways, back to the topic. <laughs> they were literally, um, it literally showcased a bunch of Broadway ensemble members, but also uh, Broadway royalty, such as Felicia Rashad, Kristen Chenoweth, Laura Benanti, Christopher Jackson, and In the Heights star Olga Meredith and Jimmy Smith. It was literally everything that you wanted to be. Obviously, they've had to put some In the Heights stars in it, as that's what they were promoting. Um, and of course, Christopher Jackson was in the original In the Heights on Broadway. Um, and I think he's going to be making appearance in the movie as well. Um, but literally, it was incredible. It was great to see all of these amazing Broadway icons and royalty and legends. So that leads me into this week's Drama Dictionary Word of the Week. And uh, if anyone watched this lovely salute that they had to Broadway reopening, and um, they did this thing that is called a medley. And what a medley is, is it's a combination of a bunch of different uh, sh musical numbers in a musical or just songs in general. They all, they just combine it and they make it flow in a way that like it works. So they, they didn't do exactly a medley. They um, did a medley as in they incorporated all kinds of Broadway shows and then did like a tribute. But a medley is very famous in Broadway because usually at the bowels, they'll usually do like 
two songs combined. And so that that would even be a medley. And then if you see like a Macy's Day performance, sometimes they'll do a medley or sometimes they just do one number um, and that would not be a medley. So it's just multiple numbers or songs put together to make one really, really cool and uh, lovely song. If anyone is familiar with the, um, it was very like popular when like they both came out. So Dear Van Hansen and Hamilton did um, this like, amazing medley i mean it was like lin-manuel miranda ben platt and benj and justin who wrote uh who wrote they all collaborated on it and they like made this medley of you will be found and uh, the story of tonight and they called it found slash tonight and so like it's it's they just combined the two songs and made like a lovely medley to uh celebrate both wonderful uh shows and both amazing songs and everything like that um i'm trying to think of another example um but i think you all get get the gist of what i'm trying to say a medley is very famous on broadway i know justin and benj pazik and paul um who they love to uh kind of write medleys and um they did that in their first ever musical dogfight and they took uh two songs that they had um, that they were like figuring out where to put in the show and then they combined it and they made this first date last night song that was just incredible and like two different people were singing two different songs so it was just really cool just so now that you all know what it is and now you're all aware of it look out for it it's really really cool what people come up with it's also pretty famous on like the internet a lot of people try to like incorporate all kinds of different songs i don't know that's my rant on medleys it's very fun And now let's get to this week's episode because it's an exciting one. And I'm just going to explain it all to you because this is a medley of podcasts. Literally. Oh my God. This is so, I didn't even plan that. Um, This is a medley of podcasts that um, are from some of my favorite episodes with some of our pride family surrounding Take a Bow. And you're also going to be hearing from our beloved uh, original co-host Sydney Lucas and all of these interviews. Today you're going to be hearing from Josh Lehman, Caitlin Kanunin, Beth Malone, and Joe Serafini. So we are going to be um, kind of sharing the short clips of, you know, their iconic moments and how they've changed Broadway and how they've saved lives and how they've just been huge factors on the LGBTQ. IA plus community and um, just their impacts that they've had that le- will last uh, forever, literally, and the, how they've changed Broadway for the better in a lot of ways. So here is episode 55 of Take a Bow. call prom the gift that keeps giving because just when you think things have calmed down and it's fine the show is closed we're all moving on no (laughs) it's going and it keeps giving and just so many more incredible amazing stories keep coming out of it I get so many messages on Instagram and I got so many letters at the stage door and like meeting people at the stage door just saying that they felt seen and heard and represented and how much that meant to them 
I think my favorite like stage door story is that there was one, they must've been like 12 to 15 years old wow. and they came and saw the show and I was stage dooring and they put their hands on my shoulders and they said, my mom is right behind me. She doesn't know I'm gay, but I am. I don't know when I'm going to tell her, but thank you for what you've done. And wow. I just like, that to me is why it's so important that it's like, there's no time limit on when you can come out. There's no time limit on like, oh, well, I have to decide my sexuality now. And it was so cool to be able to see all of these kids and young adults come and say, oh, I'm figuring this out and I'm working on it. And you're giving me confidence to like talk about it. And that's great. And so that one just hit me so hard that like their mom was right behind them. And mm -hmm. they had the courage to say that to me and come out to me when they hadn't come out to their parent yet. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there are so, so many stories like that that are just heart-wrenching and touching and beautiful. I just got a message on Instagram two nights ago that was a very similar like I'm trying to figure myself out and you're giving me the confidence to do that. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm doing that. And a lot of this comes from just the prom itself and what I learned playing Emma. I have confidence now. I have self-confidence and self-worth and I know what I am worth, you know? And that is spiritually, emotionally, physically, monetarily. And I think that's the difference between being a child actor, an adult actor, is I can walk into a room now and say, no, I belong here. I am meant to be here. This is the right thing. Whereas when I was a quote unquote child actor, it was all like, well, I'm supposed to be here. Is this the right place? Is this the right thing for me to be doing? Can you guys tell me what you need me to do? Because I'm not sure. Do I need to go here? Do I need to go there? It was all of these questions. Oh, and now I feel more comfortable in saying like, no, this is who I am. And if you want me, great. If not, I'm gonna go do something else because I'm awesome. Oh. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, and that truly was like, that is a lesson that I have worked on for the last like five years being a part of the prom and figuring out what all of that means to me. Okay. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Um, <laughs> performed. And at the end of the performance, the first same-sex kiss in the parade's entire century of existence took yep. place. Yes, and when that happened, by the way, I jumped off the couch with yes. my entire family and we yes. cheered. We were so happy. It was Thank such you. a huge moment in history and such an impactful win for the LGBTQIA yes. plus community. Yeah. Were you nervous at all for that or nervous for like the backlash you might get for that? Because there's still way too many uneducated people. Or were you like, yeah, this is happening. Love is love. And anyone who has a problem with it can go crawl in a hole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of my own ignorance came into play because like, I didn't know that that hadn't happened on the parade before. I was completely unaware because love is love, whatever. It doesn't matter. Both Izzy, the woman who played Alyssa, who's Emma's girlfriend in the show, we went into it and we were like, yeah, we're just doing this number. It's awesome. It's great. And it wasn't until we got to the rehearsal at Macy's the Monday before that our director, Casey Nicola, was like, you know, this is the first time this has happened, right? And we were both, oh my God. And that hit us and we were like, oh, okay, this is huge. The true weight of what we were doing hit us because before it was just, oh my gosh, we get to be on the Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's incredible. It's so exciting to like bring our show 
to that. And then it just added this other level of, oh, no, this is important that we're doing this. And honestly, it was just like pushing through and getting to the end because we're so exhausted. And it's yeah. so early and it's so cold. Imagine. And it's, it's TV. You have the audience who's there. But then you just have cameras in your face. So you don't even think about, oh, my God, millions of people are watching this. That's not in your brain, or at least it wasn't in mine. And so then to, like, do it and then get back to the theater and then start to, like, slowly see all of the hate that Mm -hmm. came back at us. It was a lot. But what was so cool about it was that for all of the hate and backlash and unacceptance (laughs) of us, we got 10 times the amount of love and support and acceptance and joy and the people who were reaching out saying like, oh my god, my family saw that and we all cheered. This is what families look like. Thank you for showing that. We feel seen and represented and it's so cool. And I just, I applaud Macy's for doing that and saying yes. like, no, you it's keep true. that kiss in. Our team was so afraid that they would come and see the finale and say like, okay, you can do the finale, but you can't do the kiss. Mm-hmm. And Macy's zoomed in on it, you know? Yes. Way to go, Macy's. That's incredible. And so it really just became such a beacon of love and hope and it was such an amazing experience and such a cool moment of history to be Mm -hmm. a part of that's Mm -hmm. one of those moments where I just go like what is my life I got to do that and like represent people and that's awesome absolutely you're you're not just making history in in that way you you know queer people have worked in the Broadway industry and the theater industry for so long and yeah. yet it wasn't until very very recently that shows started revolving around mm-hmm. queer people you've been in at least two of them you've been in the prom you've been in fun <laughs> yeah. home i you were quite literally making history in that yeah. way yeah yeah. And I think it's it's just the beginning. More people need to be telling these stories and they matter and they need to be heard. And I just I encourage anyone out there who is in a position where they can make that change happen, do it, you know? Yes. Tell these stories, make these voices heard, keep going. For sure. For sure. And you're The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, is so inspiring for everyone like what's it like being a role that you know has that inspiration for a lot of people (laughs) um it's a little scary honestly um just because just because i know i mean it's i'm so grateful and i i would never want to be like i'm so honored to be playing this role um but the scary aspect that i'm talking about is just like you know people the situations and like the 
topics that I'm involved in are pretty sensitive topics to some people, just like, you know, LGBTQ plus issues are, and it's not even that Seb is ever going through issues, but, you know, I just never want to, when speaking about those issues, I never want to misspeak or um, offend anyone if, if for any type of phrasing thing that I say wrong, or, you know, it's just, people are sensitive and, and we have to really watch the way we use our platforms and I don't know, send those Abs- messages out. Absolutely. For sure. Okay, we so we got we to gotta talk about Fun Home. Okay. Um, well, actually, let's talk about before Fun Home. Let's talk. Let's talk about how before Fun Home, you were you were doing an, a musical in Asbury Park, right? That is correct. I was yes. doing another lesbian musical called um, The Breakup Notebook, and Lisa okay. Crone came to see it randomly because she was on vacation. She was like, "What am I going to do tonight?" And they were like, "Oh, there's a lesbian musical. Let's go do that." And yeah. so they were there on my opening night and inexplicably, but I knew, I knew at least before that, um, but that was how I got the audition for fun home. That's how, like wow. when I got home, my agent was like, Hey, you put yourself on tape for this thing at the public. And I, I want to see people like me on stage. I want to represent gay and lesbian LGBTQ people on stage, which like at that point you just never saw it. And of course you never saw a musical about a lesbian. Like you just never saw it. So this was totally, totally different than Fun Home. It was like a, it was a rom-com sort of thing um, about a girl who gets dumped. Like that happened. And then, and then Lisa said, I think I found the person who I think, you know, cause it's a tough, that's a tough role to cast. Like Alison Bechtel's a tough person to cast, especially back then when they really wasn't, they weren't sure what they were even writing at that point. Do, do you have any memorable fan experiences from Fun Home? Oh, wow. I, I mean, geez. the kinds of stories that we heard and the kinds of stories that people would write to us, like we got a lot of letters. Um, and, you know, it's a very dangerous world for gay people still. So to have this kind of representation um and and this kind of honesty and dignity given to a story that wasn't just like the gay person's on on the upright side of the stage being a being a a punchline this is a a story with dignity and substance mm-hmm. where the gay person is down center um it just it mm-hmm. was so incredibly powerful to receive all of the the stories, the stories, the stories, the stories. Yeah. Um, people would bring their mother to Fun Home. I'm like, you're braver than I am, man. I would <laughs> never bring my mother to Fun Home um, or my father. Um, you know, it was like uh, a movement. It wasn't just a show. It ended up being like the second act ended up being that, um, that uh, uh, um, autograph, line. autograph line. Yeah. Right. It was intense. I'm sure that you have incredible stories too. I mean, I have, I have a, a, a manila envelope stuffed full of some of the more beautiful ones, more intense mm-hmm. ones. Like um, people still write me, you know, yeah. it's, it's really um, an honor to receive those kind of stories from people and to have been the receptacle for, um, you know, people's uh, vehicle for, for people to, uh, you know, have courage and, and tell their, tell their truth. And it was, um, 
it was really powerful. It was really powerful, but it also made me intensely sad because mm -hmm. uh, of all the work that's still to be mm -hmm. done. You know, you think, oh, we've come so far. And then these people are traveling from all kinds of places just to see you and tell you that they, you know, you saved their life. Yeah. Um, right. It's very, very intense. And it's real. And also because so it was not just a musical. Yeah, no, it wasn't just a musical. And also because, I mean, this was, the, I mean, the show revolved around a lesbian woman. You played Broadway's first ever openly butch lesbian lead ever, ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe only for a really long time. I can't imagine another musical soon coming out and being like, now another butch yeah. woman sings. Right. No, I don't think so. It's not yeah. going to happen for a while. But yeah, it was amazing to be that to be that person has historically has been pretty heavy. I can pretty, imagine. Pretty heavy. Um, you know, but also like as an actor and casting wise to not to sort of like go, and now I'm going to set that down and I yeah. want to be another thing. You know, for people to see me as like a legit actor who can play things has been sort of a fight. To anyone out there who yep. wants to give up on their passion, can you tell them anything? Just, just like, if you could tell them one yeah. thing, what would you tell them? Well, I would say like the five things, the five, I got really good advice right before yeah. I quit. Peter was mm -hmm. like, Peter Schneider, my friend who oh. used to be the head of Disney. Mm -hmm. He told me, um, because he was the one who was directing Sister Act and he got fired mm -hmm. too. So he gotcha. and I were out of jobs. And he said to me, I get it. But before you quit the business, don't leave the house for less than a thousand dollars. Don't leave, don't leave the house unless it's, or in either, all of these are ors, either a thousand dollars, or it's a show you've always wanted to do, or it's people you've always wanted to work with, or the thing has legs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, even if it's like something, you know, you're not that nuts about what you know, it's going in that, um, and, or do something, and this is the most important one, if there's anything left undone, mm. do it artistically. Yeah. If there's anything you haven't done that is within your power to do, and for me, that was writing a solo show. And so I wrote Beth Malone so far, and that was also really, really scary to do, and, and that was part of the thing where he was like, right. do something that scares you. Do something right. that scares the crap out of you. Wow. Um, because obviously you're in a place where you're willing to like throw it all out, so if right. you're going to throw it all out anyway, you might as well do this, do this terrifying thing before you, wow. before you quit. Mm -hmm. And it was excellent okay. advice because it did scare the crap out of me. And it made me feel so alive. Every time I'd step out there to do that solo show, I was like, why am I doing this to myself? This is awful. This is terrible. And afterwards I would feel like so exhilarated and such a huge weight off of myself because I was telling my own true story of um, my parents disowning me when I came out. And I wow. was telling this, you know, through pop songs and with a lot of humor and like me trying to get laid for the first time and, and failing miserably. And just like all of these stories that were um, intensely personal, also really funny and meant something to somebody else, which is the other part I didn't really see coming. I was like, oh, this actually is helping people. This story I'm telling is actually changing, changing people's like... Um, Janine Tesori always says, you got to see it to be mm -hmm. it. Remember? Yeah. Got to see it to be it. So I was being, I was being a thing that people yeah. could see and I was being really visible 
And wow. my visibility was empowering other people to, to feel better about themselves, their own lives. And so I was like, well, that is a reason to do, that's reason enough to do anything on top of all the other benefits that I got from doing it, which was learning how to write a show, like just the technical, now I know how to write a one woman show. I know how to take pieces from songs that say what I need and throw the rest out and then write dialogue in between and put another piece of a song that says what exactly what I need it to say. I don't need to sing a whole song. I'm not, no one's making me, I'm the boss of this. You mm -hmm. know, that's what I learned. It's like to be, I was, was, you know, I think it's a lot of actors think, oh, well, the business doesn't want me. I'm, I'm done. Like, uh, there's no, there's no place for me. It's like, there's a place for mm -hmm. you. If you make it, if you yeah. write it, if you, yeah. if you make your own, you know, so I became wow. my own writer and then people, you know, then the people that were like-minded and people who were my people found mm -hmm. me. I could yes. go out and find them. I became the, the, the beacon for them to to see me in the dark and to mm -hmm. go toward me. That's what, that's what writing that wow. solo show did. Be the most you, you can be is, is a good way to say it. It's like who figure out who exactly you are and what the thing is that makes you, you and um, give it wow. voice. So you were in the prom oh my God. on Broadway. And I remember when you were out of town in that, kind of stage of the production you were so excited I mean you were posting about it all the time you were texting and everything and it was great and I was so happy for you so when it finally came to Broadway it was around the same time I was actually doing Trevor so we were both doing like LGBTQ um, shows which was super like interesting that it was at that time so talk to us about your experience there because you also understudied the lead and when you actually went on a few times and I'm so mad that I never actually got to see that but just talk a little bit about that. I have to say I saw you you absolutely freaking killed it. Sydney I remember when you came backstage after like well, like, I mean, that's also doing a queer themed show is something that the three of us can relate to, because I'm sure you both also have the experience of people coming up to you and you sort of being a poster child, whether you wanted to be or not. And, you know, sort of being in that light of being like, oh, uh, right. Part of my job is to hear your story as well and to validate that mm. i was actually about to ask you about that while you were doing the show did you feel the impact that the show had on so many people absolutely i i still feel it um especially after you know the macy's thanksgiving day parade kissed i tweeted that it was the first uh you know same sex kiss on the parade and as soon as i tweeted that every you know the media for whatever reason took my tweet and it was everywhere and then every like hate group in the world like came at me and you know like some of our cast members got death threats during the show um somebody got a hold of izzy michaela's number mm. and started calling her with death threats and like the precinct in times square the best damn cops in the universe like swarmed in and blocked off the theater and there was no stage door and they made sure that all of us got home safe and like, oh, you know, it got very real. But it was also a reminder that we are not mm. like we live in a very liberal bubble. Mm. We are not nearly as as liberated from hatred as we think. But also like I am a gay dude. 
I know what it's like. Like when I was in high school, there was an underground support group for gay students and gay teachers, but it was underground. It was in secret Mm. and we were not allowed to talk about it. It was very hush hush. That is no longer an issue for students in high schools or at least most places here. So for me, I take it very seriously when I um, meet people that were impacted by prom or that would come out to me or parents that would come to me and say that they know that their child is, you know, queer under the queer umbrella, but their child doesn't know that they know and what do they do or even parents that are struggling Mm -hmm. with how to like, what do they do? You know, and it's not that they don't like their child or anything. It's just that this is not in their set of tools, which is also understandable. Not all of us were raised with a lot of gay friends that we knew about or in New York City or whatever. But it's interesting because I remember like an example during Wicked, I would see a lot of the show fans and I'd be like, oh, a lot of these people feel like Alphaba. And I get that. And I'd be like, I see, you're Alphaba, you're an outcast, and that's why you're here, and that's why you identify, and I get that. But at the same time, like, I never really got emotionally attached to them because I wasn't Alphaba. Like, it, that, that's not my journey. That's not their journey with me. But with Prom, it was very much a collective journey for everybody in the show with the, with the show's fan base. But getting to play Barry, I think I got to play it 27 times. Brooks is like not only one of my closest friends, but he's my hero. And, you know, and you two have gotten to do this beautifully as well. You create a role and what you do is what you really do is you create a blueprint and it's like a, it's like a house. I hate to use the word perfect because there's no such thing, but it's a, it's a perfect blueprint. And that way your understudy or whoever your replacement or whatever has the perfect blueprint. You learn the blueprint, you master the blueprint. And once you master the blueprint, that's when you put your own shell on it and make it you, Mm -hmm. you know, but you have Mm -hmm. to learn the fucking, the fricking, sorry, everybody (laughs) listening. I swear like a sailor, (laughs) trust me. Be yourself. We love it. Be yourself. (laughs) But you know, once you master the blueprint, that's when you make it you, but you have to respect that blueprint. And um, Brooks made the perfect blueprint. And so when I got to learn it and make it my own, and when I got to be a big boy, and also like during prom, I was the heaviest I'd ever been, which also put like another spin on being a poster boy for like the fatties, you know, because they're like, I've never, I've never seen myself on stage before. I was like, yeah, and I get to be center stage for you, for me, and like sing a song. And, uh, you know, that doesn't happen every day. So it was nice to just not be a fat joke and get to be a human, you know? Take about Josh Lehman. And honestly, take about all four of you wonderful friends of mine. All four of these amazing people had such wonderful stories to share, um, such amazing stories. lessons and so many wonderful memories and words of encouragement and uh, just pieces of advice that I will carry with me forever. Um, And I hope that you all can too. And I hope that it helps you in any way, shape or form that it has helped me. Um, Literally, 
from Caitlin's wonderful stories at the stage door and just playing such a stapled role that is changing Broadway forever. Um, just can't say enough about her and her bravery as well as Beth Malone, who is another huge component in that aspect, playing Alison Bechtel in Fun Home. And of course, Joe Serafini and Josh Lehman for everything that they've done in contributing. They, they're huge supporters of the Trevor Project. Uh, they speak out about um, being yourself and uh, encouraging others and speaking out on their stories. You know, Joe Serafini, of course, was the first gay couple on Disney+. Plus. It was a big mo- monumental moment for Disney and Disney+, Plus, of course, um, in High School Musical, the musical, the series, and also stream season two now. Um, They're still together. It's incredible. Everyone loves the 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 storyline there. Um, big Seblos stands, uh, as as the kids say. Uh, <laughs> I thought all of these messages were very important to visit, uh, especially on in the month of Pride, in the month of June. Um, so I wanted to share these stories again. I know we've had a lot of new listeners since these uh, stories have aired, and I thought that it would be only right to share their stories once again and highlight um, these amazing words and advice that these four superstars had shared. So that's going to wrap up this week's episode. I'm very excited for what's to come. We have some of my favorite people coming on, literally. We're going to have a pair of Broadway husbands on the podcast. We're going to have a one of my dear friends who I did Finding Neverland with. I'm not going to reveal the, reveal the name yet because it's just too exciting and I want to announce it uh, live and in, in, during the episode. Um, and of course, uh, we're going to have an interesting dynamic uh, in one of these Pride episodes as we're going to be having one of the most famous fans of Broadway. Um, yeah, so it's going to be really cool. And uh, I'm excited to hear all of the stories that we're going to, that were is going to be shared in these next couple episodes. And I cannot wait for you all to listen to it. So until then, thank you for listening to this week's episode. I've had a wonderful time uh, celebrating Pride so far this month. Oh, In the Heights, In the Heights tomorrow. Check it out. HBO Max or in theaters in the Heights. So excited. Okay, I'm done. Love you all. Be kind. Uh, and love is love. Bye, everyone. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com tab. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.